Welcome to Champion Church of the Nazarene's weekly sermon podcast. Each week brings a new message that looks to invite you into a new life brought by Jesus Christ. We hope you are inspired and changed by God by the message brought by today's speaker. good to be with you all again and uh, if you would take your Bibles and open them up to the Gospel of Luke chapter 9 this morning and uh, and uh, it is good it is good to hear uh, children in the church service and uh, and uh, so good to see their vibrancy and their enthusiasm and uh, the future of the church is in the children, and we, and we uh, are blessed, and you are blessed uh, by their presence this morning. Uh, it is good to be with you all again. Uh, my wife and I had a nice weekend away, and uh, that sounded like we all didn't want to be with you. I, maybe I should have thought that. That's not, that's not true. That's not true. Uh, we just wanted to be where we were more. Wait, I shouldn't have said that. No, no, but uh, we, uh, we had a nice uh, weekend away, and unfortunately those things you plan months ahead of time, and you don't know what God's going to do, so, um, but we had a, had a nice time, and here we are with you all again, and uh, we're so glad, and it's such a privilege to be able to uh, stand before you, hopefully, um, present the word in such a way as to bring out something that, uh, that you may have never realized or noticed before. And uh, that's what I'm hoping to do in these next uh, couple of weeks, minus next week, uh, because we'll be again away um, for, for a week. And so uh, we're, we're, we're looking forward to that. Uh, but after that, we'll pick this uh, series up entitled, Blessed, Broken, Given. Blessed, broken, given. And I want to start out this morning by asking a question, as I often do. Is there anything more ordinary than bread? Is there anything more ordinary than bread? Everywhere you go in this world, uh, there is some type or some version of bread. The French have baguettes and croissants. Uh, Latin countries have tortillas. The Indian nation uh, of the country, India, have non-bread. Uh, Chinese cultures have doughy buns. And here in the United States, we have good old-fashioned sliced white bread. Bread, it's the building block of each and every meal, a staple in every diet. It was this way in the world of the Bible as well. Bread was a common, ordinary meal. It is the very commonness and the very uh, aspect of being ordinary of bread that makes it the absolute perfect metaphor for our lives. If we're honest, you and I, most of what we do on a daily basis can be lumped into the category of just ordinary. Nothing spectacular, nothing special. I mean, we get up, we go to work. Uh, we tinker at our hobbies and try to do our best. 
Uh, we shuttle kids around, mow the lawn, shop for groceries. For the most part, nothing about our daily lives is uh, special or it sets us apart from the people around us. It's just life. It's like bread. It's ordinary. And maybe that's how you see yourself this morning. Maybe you've settled for a life that you believe that may not matter all that much. Or you're living with an unsustainable manic drive, grasping and grabbing for something that, that is just always and all the time just out of reach. Maybe you're wrestling with an unkind voice, the one that says that you don't matter. There's nothing special about you. Or you're less than and never enough. Well, this morning I have good news for you. There is more to this life than what you can see. Throughout the scripture, we discover that nothing, absolutely nothing, is as common as it seems. Not even bread. Think about it this morning. It was bread in the form of manna that fell from heaven as a sign of God's provision. Bread became a metaphor for the law of the Lord. Jesus fed the multitudes with loaves of bread and referred to himself, himself as the bread of life. Then on the night, the night that he was going to be betrayed and handed over to evil, wicked, sinful people uh, to suffer and die, Jesus took bread, he blessed it, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples as a picture of his body being given for the life of the world. Now, I've studied the Bible uh, for well over 20 years, and there's something that, that I hadn't really, uh, I guess, come to realize until not too long ago, is that in the Gospel of Luke, one of the four Gospels that we have in our New Testament, in the Gospel of Luke, he records three separate stories about Jesus taking bread into his hands, blessing it, breaking it, and giving it. And today I want to look at the first of those uh, very uh, stories that are contained within the Gospel of Luke. And as we look through this week and the weeks that, that I'll, I will be with you at this aspect of blessed, broken, and given, and, and how our lives uh, tie up and mesh with what the Gospel is trying to relate to us, I believe that, that we will come into a realization that though our life seems common, it seems ordinary, but the reality is there's nothing common or ordinary about our lives. In Luke chapter 9, if you have your Bibles there, Luke chapter 9, and I'm going to begin at verse number 10 this morning. Luke chapter 9, beginning at verse 10. And uh, if, if you are able, would you please stand for the reading of, of the word this morning? And uh, once again, I am reading from the, the English Standard Version. Uh, so what you may have may be a little bit different, uh, but uh, let's follow along this morning as we, as we read the scripture. Verse 10 of Luke chapter 9. On their return, the apostles told him, being Jesus, all that they had done. And he took them and withdrew apart to a town called Bethsaida. 
When the crowds learned it, they followed him, and, they, and he welcomed them and spoke to them of the kingdom of God and cured those who had need of healing. Now the day began to wear away, and the twelve came to him and said, Send the crowd away to go into the surrounding villages and countryside to find lodging and get provisions, for we are here in a desolate place. But he, being Jesus, said to them, You give them something to eat. They said, We have no more than five loaves and two fish, unless we are to go and buy food for all these people. Verse 14 for there were about 5,000 men, and he said to his disciples, Have them sit down in groups about 50 each. And they did so, and they all sat down. Verse 16, And taking the five loaves and two uh, fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing over them. Then he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before the crowd. And they all ate and were satisfied, and what was left over was picked up, 12 baskets of broken pieces. Father, we thank you today for your word. I pray that in these moments that you would take the frail, feeble words of, of this mouth of flesh and that you would transform them into what you would have for each and every one of us today. For we know and believe that your word is blessed. And so, Father, we pray that you would once again bless your word to our hearts and our spirits this morning. And we pray that you are going to do what only you can do in our time here together. For it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. In this passage of scripture, we observe several things. First of all, the people in this particular uh, passage, are dealing with uh, a need that is overwhelming. The need is overwhelming. Secondly, resources are in a short supply. The impulse, and we, we often see it as being harsh or critical or difficult, but the, the impulse to send the people away is not, not entirely uncompassionate. It's, it's all, in reality, it's very practical. The reality is, unless these folks go away into the surrounding towns, they are not going to get anything to eat. So sometimes we look at that and say, how could the disciples be such that way? But the reality is, they were just thinking practically in the moment. They were, uh, if you were, they were seeing with their fleshly eyes and not with the eyes of the Spirit. And if we're honest... This is how we feel when we see the needs of our family, friends, and neighbors in the world around us. At times, it just seems overwhelming. What, what little, the little bit that I could do, what, what difference is it going to make? Uh, turn on the news and we're bombarded by more tragedies and hardships. Scroll through Facebook and you see the difficult doctor's diagnosis or unexpected losses that people you know are dealing with. A simple sad face emoji just won't cut it. You may reply and say that you're praying for them, but what can you really do? It's just too much. And we live in a world, especially in these days, where much of it is just too much. And on top of that, you have your own life and your own stuff to deal with and, the own, and your own pressures. 
Your own life is no walk in the park. Send them away, Jesus, we want to say. But Jesus won't let the disciples, and he's not going to let us off the hook. Jesus says to them, you give them something to eat. And they searched around and they found this meager portion, which in the size and scope of the crowd couldn't, couldn't go very far. But it is interesting that the little in Jesus' hands, as, as the old song says, little is much when God is in it. And Jesus blessed the bread. Jesus broke the bread. And Jesus gave the bread. There, the three actions that took place in this story, and it changed the whole, uh, whole narrative of what we see here. A place of desolation became a place of abundance. A desert became a banquet. A story that began with not enough ended with 12 baskets of broken pieces that were left over. And this wasn't because they had one bite. It was because they ate until they were full. In other words, um, there was one uh, paraphrase that I read one time. It says that they ate until they couldn't eat another piece. A story that began with not enough ended with more than enough. And that's just the way that God works. This is what happens when Jesus takes something that you and I think is ordinary, bread, and blesses it and breaks it and gives it. And I think those three words, blessed, broken, and given, can change the story for you and I as well. Jesus took the bread, he blessed it by giving thanks to the Father. He broke it and gave it. Bread in the hands of Jesus is blessed, broken, and given. And as so it is for you, your life, my life, as common as it is, and as ordinary as bread, but in the hands of Jesus, becomes something immeasurably more. This world screams to us on a daily basis that we're not enough, that we don't matter. But in the hands of the Father, in the hands of Jesus, your life matters. You are um, I don't want to use the word special. You are more than that. You are more than that. And you were created for more than that. And in Jesus' hands, your life becomes something more. In the hands of Jesus, just like this bread, I want you to, to realize this morning and hopefully grasp onto this, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're dealing with, in the hands of Jesus, your life becomes blessed. I am blessed. You are blessed. It doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter what you're dealing with. You could be facing the most difficult circumstances outside these walls, and that's not to downplay those things. They are very real. They are very hurtful at times. But even in spite of that, 
Your life, my life in the hands of Jesus is a blessed life. The blessedness is not about accumulating or achieving more. That's what the world would tell us. You got to have more stuff. You got to have more money. You got to have the newest car. You got to have the newest house. You got to have whatever it is. But the reality is the blessedness of Jesus is not about accumulating or achieving more. Blessedness in this, in this aspect is about having your true identity recovered and your true calling revealed. It is to be given a new name. I once had a godly uh, older fellow in the first church that I pastored down in Lisbon, and he was a man who was, he and his wife were one of the very first to uh, befriend me when I first walked into the West Point Church of the Nazarene in 1993. And as someone who had, I'd been to church, my family had been to church off and on, but, but I was unchurched, and there are two churches, if you're unfamiliar with the West Point area, there are two churches in the community there. There's the Church of the Nazarene, and there's, a, there's another Trinity Church, just a little ways away from the church. And I didn't have a car at the time, and I was going to church on a Sunday night. I had determined that, and I chose the Church of the Nazarene, and this is this is going to be, this is theologically, because it was a shorter distance to walk. <laughs> Little did I know that God was in the part of my laziness. Because here, 20-some years later, uh, he has blessed me. The reality is, and, and Mr. Bob, ah, he was such a godly old man. And I use that term with reverence. He was a saint of the church. And uh, one evening after church, he, he came up to me and he said, I'm looking forward to that day where it says in the book of Revelation that Jesus is going to hand a stone with a name written on it that only he who receives it knows. And he's like, I wonder what my name is going to be. And I said, Mr. Bob, I don't know what your name is going to be. But I know today that he knows full well what that name is because he's been in heaven for, uh, uh, for many years. And it's our, a new identity. Once we were a sinner, now we are saints. We are saints. Once we were far off, but now we are a cherished family member in the family of God. We used to sing that song in, in the church. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. It's true. You and I are brothers and sisters. I'm the one that you don't necessarily claim right off. I'm not, I'm not brother, but we're still related. And I'm so thankful that, that we have a family. We are a family. At times we're dysfunctional. At times we, we uh, snap at each other and we irritate one another. And but the reality is we're still a family. And, uh, and I'm thankful for that. And now we are cherished by our Father. The Eastern Orthodox theologian Alexander Schmemann wrote, God blesses everything he creates. And in biblical language, this means that he makes all creation the sign and the means of his presence and wisdom, love, and revelation. You were created by God. 
and you are blessed today, despite what may be going on in your life. You can go from this place into a world that from the outside seems to be falling apart, and you can say with truth that you are blessed. You are blessed. In the hands of Jesus, secondly, this morning, your life becomes broken. We don't want to talk about stuff like that in church. We don't want to talk about being broken in church. But the reality is, is that out of brokenness comes something much, much better. When you place the brokenness of your failure, your frailty, your suffering into the hands of Jesus, you become open to the grace of God. The brokenness is not about wallowing in your sin or fixating on how miserable you are. You know any of those folks? <laughs> it could be the clearest, bluest sky with the nicest sunshine, perfect weather, everything, and they would still find something wrong. Well, it hasn't rained for two days. I don't know. I know some folks like that. Uh, but the reality is, that's not what it is to be broken in God's eyes. To be broken is to allow the grace of God to humble you, to lead you into uh, an atmosphere of vulnerability with one with another. You know, that's something that I think that, that from my years in the church that, that we seem to have gone away from. This aspect of being vulnerable and open and transparent with one another Somehow we've gotten to the point, and, and I don't know if it's the world creeping into the church or, or what it is. Somehow we, we've gotten to the point that, oh, I can't be transparent. I can't be vulnerable. What are they going to think? What are they going to say? Um, two things. The reality is it doesn't matter what they think, and it doesn't matter what they say. What matters most is what God says. But we've gotten to the point that we've been afraid, and, and we're missing out on comfort and care from one another. We are called to bear one another's burdens, but there are times, and I've seen it, that, that we're afraid to be open and honest with our struggles because what will they think? They won't look at me the same way. And instead we close up and we miss out on something. The broken is to allow the grace of God to humble you, to lead you to a vulnerability with others, and to transform your heart. Brokenness becomes openness in the hands of Jesus. After all, you can't share bread that you don't break. You can't share bread that you don't break. And thirdly, in the hands of Jesus, your life, your life is blessed. Your life is broken, but for a good reason. I'm thankful for the times that, uh, that I've been humbled and God has broken me. Now, would I choose to go through those times again? Absolutely not. But I'm thankful for them. And thirdly, in the hands of Jesus, your life becomes given. We in the church need to realize once again that we are not here for ourselves. We are not here for ourselves. Life with Jesus is deeply personal. That is that is absolutely true. Life with Jesus is deeply personal, but it is never private. The openness that comes from being broken is meant to lead you outward. There is a hunger and a desire in our world today. They are looking for the answers that we already have. 
and there is a deep groan around us for something more. And they are trying every avenue that they can think of to fill that need, and it comes up short. But the reality is, is that we know the answer. When your life becomes blessed and broken in Jesus' hands, he gives you out to the world. He gives you out for the life of the world. You become the way others find the bread of life. But to be that way, you must first experience the blessing and embrace the brokenness that comes. Only then will you be consecrated to bring change in a powerful way. Think about it this way. You're not here for yourself. In the end, yes, we, we're going to go to heaven. I'm going to go to heaven. But in the meantime, my job, your job, our mission as ambassadors of Jesus Christ on planet Earth is to reach as many folks as we can. Our job here on this planet is to make hell as empty as possible. But unfortunately, and, and I don't know if I'm going to step on toes or meddle a little bit, uh, unfortunately, we, we, when we face with things like that and the aspect of witnessing and evangelism and reaching out, we come into the excuses. Oh, I, I don't talk well with folks. I don't... You know, I'm uncomfortable. What will I say? What will I do? But the reality is, we need to overcome all of those. Because on the other end is something more valuable than being uncomfortable for a couple of moments talking to another individual. One of the remarkable things about this story in this passage of scripture we read, and it's it's a familiar passage, it's the feeding of the 5,000, is that Jesus gives the bread back to the disciples. Did you notice that? Jesus himself didn't pass out the bread. He gave it back to his disciples to distribute. God does that. He did, if he did, the miracle of multiplication would surely he could have done the multiple of or the miracle, why would he have done the, the miracle of multiplication when he could have just done a miracle of distribution? All he would have had to say is the words and the bread could have appeared in front of everyone. Why, invite, why, why involve these disciples at all? Why involve us? Why involve us? Because that's what God does. Because that's what God does. God made human beings in his image to reflect his rule into the world. From the beginning, God chose, he chose you and I to be the collaborators, to be his ambassadors. Do you realize and understand that God doesn't need you? He doesn't need me. But he desires and he chooses to work through you and me. Jesus had told the disciples to give the people something to eat there in verse 13. They wanted to send the people away. The disciples saw the crowd as a problem. Jesus saw the crowd as the disciples' responsibility. The church 
of Jesus Christ. This church, other churches, we have a divine responsibility to those outside these walls. It's a responsibility that has been given to us uh, from, from God the Father to reach them. Yes, to meet, to meet their physical needs, to do whatever we can. But more importantly, to take care of the most important need, their eternal life, their eternal destination. Um, okay, I'm going to go with it. Uh, the first Sunday that we were here, and, 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 and you need to understand that I'm, I'm observing, and some of the littlest things kind of kind of stick in my stick in my head. The very first Sunday that, that we were here, and, and I don't know if you all know this gentleman, and, 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 and I'm not making fun or poking fun or anything like that, but when I got up to preach that very first Sunday, this fellow across the, across the street here began mowing his grass. And me not knowing anything, I'm like, uh-oh, is he doing that to maybe drown? Me? You know, I didn't know what the reality is, and, and I had fun with it in my in my head, things that I thought, well, maybe he's trying to get back at the church, maybe the church, and I don't know, y'all didn't, I don't think y'all did anything to upset him, I think he was just mowing his grass. Um, but the reality is, that fellow, and the other neighbors around here, they're your responsibility. That's why you're here, that's why you're placed in this place to do everything that you can do as the church of Jesus Christ to reach them. Now, not everyone is going to, to say yes. That's just the reality of it. But it is our responsibility. Jesus saw the crowd as the disciples' responsibility. And now, because of Jesus' miraculous blessing, what was not enough has become more than enough. And the weary disciples who are willing to be the bearers of bad news to the hungry people... Think about it. Did you want to be in that? Uh, yeah, we're really glad that you're enjoying the day. And yeah, isn't Jesus good? And man, he's got some great things to say. Oh, by the way, we ain't got no food. Y'all going to have to go. I, I wouldn't want to be in that situation. They were thinking that they were going to be the bearers of bad news to hungry people. Now become the carriers of good news to the same people. And that's what Jesus does. He blesses you and I, to take what is broken in our lives and turn it into something that can be used for the good of someone else. Who knows? You might have gone through something, have dealt with something that someone else in this particular neighborhood has dealt with, and only you can, can, uh, can relate to them. I, I think about it this way, because of the situations that I've gone through in my life, it's much easier for me to relate to people who are going through kidney failure and dialysis than it is for someone who has no clue about, about that world. And so it is true for the church. Jesus blesses us, takes our brokenness, turns it into something that can be used for the good of someone else. Purpose is restored and the calling is back on track. Blessedness and brokenness of you and I happen for the sake of givenness. The thing we must not miss in this whole passage of Scripture is who the real, real hero of the story is. 
Ultimately, this is, we want to paint the little picture of the little guy that gave up his Lunchable for Jesus. <laughs> I, heard, I heard a preacher one time say that the little boy gave up his Lunchable uh, so that people could eat. Uh, he gave up his sack lunch, and, and, and sometimes we look at him as the story because what if this big old gruff disciple came to you and, and your mom had packed you your lunch? Now make sure you don't lose your lunch. And you got this man, you don't know who he is, coming up, hey boy, we need your lunch. Now I don't know how that, uh, exactly how that went down, but you know. And what if he would have said no? Go get your own lunch. Smelly fisherman guy. And at times we want to make the hero of the story this little boy who sacrificially gave up his up his sack lunch. And there's some merit in that. But he's not the real hero. Nor is it about the disciples who learned a valuable lesson. This is about Jesus being the generous host. The text opens by showing us how Jesus responded to the crowd following him to this remote place. And it was then that Jesus turned a desolate place a desert place into a place of abundance. That's what Jesus does. And so the question is, do we see it? Do we see the world around us as Jesus sees it today? You have to wonder if Jesus really saw their location as a remote and desert, a deserted place, or did he really know that whatever, wherever he went, there would be blessing and fullness of glory of God? This is all Jesus' work in the church, in our lives. It's all about his work, and that's really good news. You don't have to be epic. <laughs> you don't have to be a star. You don't have to be spectacular. You can be just bread. Your life can be just bread, just as bread seems ordinary and common, but is actually crammed full of glory, so your life can be miraculously full of glory and God's holiness. That's what happens when Jesus takes us into his hand. We need our eyes open to see God at work. The Hebrew poets and prophets talked about the relationship between God and his word like this. In uh, the, the Old Testament book of Psalms, chapter 24, verses 1 and 2, it says, The alert is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell therein. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. The whole earth is full of God's glory. God, the holy God, the God who is above and beyond everything else. His glory is not only filling the heavens, but also the earth. Let me encourage you this morning. Place your ordinary bread, your life, into Jesus' hand. And once, you're do, once you do, your ordinary can be crammed full of glory. Your not-enoughness can become more than enough. Your everyday, routine, monotonous life can become filled with purpose. It's a purpose that the world may never see, but it is a purpose that we are fulfilling as we are here on assignment 
from a heavenly commander. That is, that is what it is to be blessed by Jesus. Our lives are blessed and are broken at times. Broken not just to break us. Broken and many times to get rid of the stuff that we really don't need so that he can infill us with the stuff that is most important. And you and I, I like to put it this way, you and I are not saved so that we can sit and wait for God to return. In the meantime, you and I have a mission. We have a purpose. We have a calling. You have a mission. You have a purpose. You have a calling. There are people you come into contact each and every day that don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior. There's your mission field. There is your mission field. Your life can be given so that others can, 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 can give new meaning to that passage of Scripture. Taste and see that the Lord is good. And they can see it in your life. Your every day can become full of purpose. You can be given out. That's what we're here for, to be given out to the world. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you today for these good folks. Lord, I pray. I pray that in some way that you have brought to mind in each and every one of us something that, that, that you need to communicate with us today. Lord, I thank you for the reality that just as Jesus in this passage of Scripture of the feeding of the 5,000 took, took the, the loaves and the fish that were given to him and he broke them, our lives uh, are blessed, first of all, is what he did, Father, and, and our lives are blessed. We are blessed by you. And as he took and broke the bread, Father, you at times break us for our good. And Father, as Jesus distributed and gave the bread, our lives are to be given out to a world that is lost, broken, and dying spiritually so that others can see that, that there is a God who loves us and cares for us. Help us in these days. Help us to realize that our calling is from above so that there are those around us we may reach in a way perhaps we've never reached before. And I thank you, Father, for what you're going to do in these days to come in each and every one of our lives. For it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to Champion Church of the Nazarene's weekly sermon podcast. We hope you were inspired by this week's message. We'd love for you to join us on a Sunday morning at 1030 a.m. We are located at 3924 High Street Northwest in Warren, Ohio. You can also join us on Facebook Live. For more information about our ministries, or if you'd like to contribute to our ministries online, visit us at championnaz.org.